You're listening to Out Loud and Live with J.C. Alvarez. Welcome back for season three of Out Loud and Live. It's been a whirlwind year, but I've got so much to share and really excited to be back. And to kick things off in this third season is one of our favorite all-time guests. It's one of the most talked about, best-reviewed shows of the fall season. The CW's got a runaway hit on its hands with The Flash. DC Comics-inspired spin-off of the equally successful Arrow is winning fans over both old and new. And to prove that lightning indeed has struck twice, the new Flash has landed the original Scarlet Speedster, John Wesley Ship, in one of its coveted roles. I had an opportunity to catch up with the star to discuss his return to the Flash, his incredible new castmates, passing the baton to the new fastest man alive, Grant Gustin, and of course, Comic-Con. Here now is John Wesley Ship. Very lucky to have one of our favorite people back on the show. Certainly one of my favorites, John Wesley Ship. How are you, John? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, you've been busy, of course. I mean, you know, the, the Flash is a huge hit on the CW, and um, certainly it's, ex- it's exceeding fan expectations. Um, but I gotta ask you. I mean, it's because like, because now here we are a, a year later, and when we were when we talked about the Flash last time out. Um, you hadn't really known what kind of role you were going to have on the show. We didn't know what the show was going to be like. You know, fans, there were a lot of speculations as to what the show was going to be like. I want to go back to the beginning. I want to go back to actually what's now being called the classic Flash or the original Flash. Because, you know, it's almost like two separate stories, really. But it all comes full circle, don't you think? What, my Flash and the yeah. current Flash? Yes. Um, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you suppose? I suppose. Well, one of the things that we learned about uh, your Flash is that it actually was incredibly well received by critics. It had amazing numbers. Yeah, I was uh, just recently going through some stuff in my parents' home and came across some old newspaper clippings, and the headlines were Flash lifts CBS to strong Thursday night, and that was right out of the gate when we were opposite Cosby and The Simpsons at their height. And I'd kind of forgotten that, that we actually won our last half hour and held respectably a respectable third place to Cosby and The Simpsons and were considered not only a critical hit, but a ratings hit. I had forgotten that because as the season went on and we were preempted and our night was changed and et cetera, et cetera, it became such a struggle and and you began to feel like it was something you were pushing uphill. And I had... I was actually pleasantly surprised to be reminded that at the beginning it it we 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 were so strong even in the ratings department at the beginning, well, which the- which lent which lent credibility. I mean, it really lent credence to the following year when I was on Broadway and dancing at Lunasta and Howard Stringer, corporate CBS, came up and apologized to me for how badly CBS had handled the show, um, that it that it had been a big hit and they all loved the show and it was a series of. Uh, missteps uh, that 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 caused it to go only one season but it is interesting to be here talking to you again because last time we spoke i didn't know right it, i mean it, it was just a glimmer in the eye uh we had known that grant was going to be appearing grant gustin was going to be appearing on arrow he had been cast as barry allen not the flash there was no word that he was going to be playing a flash character we just knew he was going to be playing barry allen 
and then uh, then we got wind after that appearance that um, Andrew Kreisberg, Greg Berlanti, and Jeff Johns were going to production with a revamped Flash. And then, you know, the fans all held out and hoped that John Wesley Shipp would be getting the call. Well, um, at the beginning, because cause certainly I knew, uh, before I knew I would be a part of it, that Grant would be and uh, playing the Flash. And I think we even discussed it, that, that at the beginning I saw, of course, you know, uh, 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 people who were loyal to the first show, they were looking at Grant and going, well, he's too thin, he's too young, he's too this. And, and I immediately jumped in to try to even the playing field and say, come on, let's give this guy, I think in the last interview, I even called him a kid and apologized and said, I mean, no respect <laughs> to Mr. Gustin, uh, which seems all very funny now because I, we have such a good close working relationship and I relate to him now as my colleague and my friend and my son and uh, sitting here talking to you really puts me back in the place that we were at before I were and I was quite clear right. that I was I was I was I didn't know if they'd be coming to me if they would want to make a clean break I right. understood right. if they yeah. wanted me to be a part of it and it was a role that I felt was substantial I would be willing but I was in no way campaigning or lobbying or even holding out hope that I would be part of the new well the internet version. certainly went wild when uh, when it when you know the the information went out that the flash was going to be revamped and uh, there was a lot of speculation as to who that character was that you're going to be playing um, whether or not it was going to be Jake Garrick which would have been you know it would have been a predictable fit um, fans certainly would have wanted you in in that sort of uh, mentor role. You know today. why I think they really wanted that and what the initial disappointment was? Because they wanted to see you in a costume. No, no, I don't know. I'm not sure that well. May, um, they wanted to see um, you in Jay Garrick's costume. With a helmet and wings, I don't know. But no, I think what they wanted and what they needed um, was a transference. What they needed Correct. was yeah. the show that they had grown up on and it meant something to them. They needed to see that honored and they needed to see the baton passed and they felt that the only way that was going to happen was uh, if I played Jay Garrick and did it, literally. Um, now, as soon as I heard about Jeff John's uh, recreation, a representation of the whole Allen family, right. and I heard suddenly that uh, because now you, we know, of course, you've been offered the you were offered the role of Henry Allen. Yeah, but I didn't know. I I knew that Henry Allen. Um, in fact, I think in our discussion, you filled me in that Jeff Johns uh, uh, had had recreated a, an Allen family in which. Henry was wrongfully convicted of killing Nora in front of a 10-year-old Barry. And I'm like, what? Because, of course, that wasn't our story at all. We had our own dysfunction in the family, but everybody was alive. I can't imagine Emmett Walsh killing Priscilla Pointer. You know, <laughs> it blew my mind. But as soon as I heard that and that he'd been in Iron Heights for 14 years, I said, if they offered me a role, right. that's the one I would want because that's the complex... Uh, role, much more complex scenario than ah, oh, come here, I'll I'll be your mentor, or I'll tell you how how to how to wear that suit, son. You know that would. Right. DC Comics creative director Jeff Johns, of course, re envisioned the Allen family for the comic book fans when Barry Allen was reintroduced into the mythology, and uh, Nora Allen is murdered mysteriously. Right. Um, Henry Allen is convicted of that murder and goes to jail. Um, he's spending time at Iron Heights Prison, and um, 
that of course all ties into Barry's origins, Barry's Barry's beginnings, as comic book fans know, and as now of course fans of the pilot um, now know how how it's all coming full circle. Uh, there's a lot of Jeff's original origin story in there. Um, you met with Jeff to talk about you know this new flash this new direction tell us a little bit about meeting jeff and and, and certainly you know as the creative director of dc comics what was that like and what did jeff say to you when when you know flash was was kind of like in the wings and happening how did he sell it to you well once they called and of course everyone's very hands-off they don't <laughs> particularly want you to know how much they want you to be in it until the deal is done so i didn't first thing we heard was uh that they would like to see some recent footage right. luckily i had just done two independent films one for josh ridgeway called the sector um which uh, i believe is going to be ready for in some kind of distribution in february another one was called uh, uh al Signore's uh, sensory perception which is also just he's just gotten that back from vfx and is putting the finish finishing touches on that with corbin bernson Oddly enough, Amanda Pays' husband. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. And uh, and uh, and John Savage. But um, so we've sent the... Well, you'd also done Teen Wolf, which is, of course, within the same genre. We sent Teen Wolf. Right, we sent yeah. The Closer. Right. And so they looked at that. The next day they called. They made the offer for Henry Allen. And I was really happy. Once I accepted their offer, I got this flood of calls from Andrew Kreisberg, <laughs> Uh, I was communicated uh, uh, with by uh, Greg Berlanti, your Jeff former Johns, boss, one of your my, my, former bosses on Dawson's Creek. He took Creek. over as head writer when Kevin Williamson left, so he and I had worked together. I never knew that Greg was a big comic book fan. I never knew that his favorite comic book character was The Flash. The whole time I worked with him on Dawson's Creek, I, it just never came up. I never knew that. So that was news to me. But I remember... The first phone call I got was Andrew Kreisberg, and Jeff was in the office. I think David Nutter may have been there. If David Nutter is, of course, the director of the pilot and also and executive, also executive producer, producer on the show. And uh, I'm not sure. I think Greg was there as well. And they all put me on a conference call, and they were just so, so embarrassing and so excited. <laughs> and then we were all laughing and 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 like 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 kids, you know, talking about this. It was just such a wonderful feeling. And and uh, 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 the fact that I then found out that they had been big fans of uh, of the, the original, original Flash, Flash. and uh, and and big fans of mine. I mean, David Nutter, my director, came up to me and said, "You were my hero." as a kid growing up it's like how do you process that it was incredibly uh, warm and, and, and rich uh, experience but to get back to your question uh, Jeff Johns came to New York and he called and said can we meet for for uh, drinks at the Essex House so we met for our Diet Cokes uh, there <laughs> in the Essex House uh, bar and um, you know we talked uh, about my ver uh, version of the flash we talked about how that was meaningful for him we talked about the character of henry allen he spun out some some examples of the kinds of stories but then beyond that he was uh, uh, just such a a great guy to sit and talk and have a i sound like a commercial for have a soda <laughs> with shall we say um you know, and, and he was so interested in who I am as a human being. And he was, you know, and uh, the, and I could go on with that, but I don't want to. Uh, well, well certainly, yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, it was, um, I'm sure it, it's, it, there's that wonderful tradition that's happened with a lot of shows that get rebooted where they bring in the original um, 
template, if you would, the, the original actor who created the template. And many times they don't. To, and many, sometimes they do not. This is one instance where it was almost like literally for fans, um, you know, trapping lightning in a bottle. Because um, would, would you agree that when you and Grant met, it was like, I can, did you initially feel uh, when, when you were on the pilot set for the first time, didn't you feel almost instantaneously that there was like, you could do this, this is, this is it, this has happened, this is going to be great? I'll tell you what I felt in terms of my own personal work was when I tuned into Arrow and I saw him work for the first time. Really? Wow, that's great. Yeah. And I saw that there was just no acting there. You know, there's a great acting book called No Acting, Please, you know. <laughs> We call that schmacting, you know. Uh, and I watched him, and he was so darn sincere yeah. when he was telling, uh, uh, what's the character's name on Felicity. Arrow? When he was talking to Felicity or when he was talking to Stephen Amell's Arrow? Yeah, Stephen Amell's, when he was talking to them in the lab and finally saying, okay, this is the real reason and telling the story of his father. I believed every word he was saying, and I thought, God, that's so important. He really is... Uh, he really is coming from a place of total sincerity and simplicity and truth. And that's when I went, yeah. I can work with this guy. Now, the minute that we met each other on The Flash, well, the whole experience, I can't even describe it without sounding nauseatingly, <laughs> you know, because it was like a dream come true, visiting a project 24 years later, having four executive producers who were not only huge fans, but were disappointed and were on the inside of why that show did not get renewed a second year. And the feeling I got from day one was that they were doing everything they could to reflect back to me the appreciation that they felt and they felt maybe I hadn't gotten uh, uh, as a result of creating the character of Barry Allen uh, in Flash 1990. Which um, really the embodiment of that feeling was felt at Comic-Con. Um, you along with the rest of the cast actually even before the show an inkling of the show had been seen anywhere. Um, it's famously already been rumored that by that time the show had leaked online. Mm. Um, but um, you know that that would not that would not stifle these seven thousand fans who sat with Grant and previewed the show for the first time in Hall H, which was oversold this year at San Diego Comic Con. And then in a historical move. All the cast from all the shows that are now DC Comics Entertainment's lineup for this fall, all of you were gathered on one stage in front of the fans to talk about these new things. And, you know, really, I mean, it's like sitting in the audience and listening to this room full of fanboys and major hardcore genre fans. I mean, people who grew up with all of these, you know, loving all these kinds of shows. Um, you got a really, really great reception when you walked into that room, especially when, when Jeff pointed out that, you know, here we have the original Flash. That must have been a little surreal. <laughs> Except that it's, you know, I've been the original Flash for 24 years, you know, and certainly in 2006 when the DVDs came out. One thing that has sustained me, uh, uh, all of the hard work, the backbreaking work, uh, you know, I, I just can't describe what an action show is like to shoot and you add to that the fact that it's a superhero show and you're working with a costume just simply the hardest thing i've ever done one of the things that has sustained me over the years uh is that it has had an extended life yeah. i mean it really 
uh, fans have uh, not forgotten it and continued to write me and continued to affirm. That's why the reaction was so strong and I felt, you know, whether I'm a part of the new Flash or not, I can be of service here to this young man who's a fine, seems to be a fine actor and certainly I, lo I, I adore Greg Berlanti. You know, they've been trying to get a new Flash, whether it was a movie or a TV show, had been falling in and out. And I went online to say, now listen, you know, if you want this to happen, you know, and I did everything. Is it, oh, well, he played a villain. He played a villain first. He can't, how can he play a superhero? I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. When I came to The Flash, I was carrying two Emmys, one for playing a psychotic rapist and another one for playing an abusive, uh, woman abusive uh, tennis pro. You know, uh, so I said, if anything, he's carrying on a tradition. So I, I tried to go in in every way I could and defuse any people who thought they were being loyal to me or might be being disloyal to me by by gravitating to the new Flash. And they would say, well, if I do watch, you're the only reason. I said, well, if I'm the only reason, just watch. And after the first episode, I will no longer be the only reason you're watching. And they were saying, yeah, but Jay Garrick and the passing of the baton. I said, I can't be specific at conventions and stuff that came. I said, but you will get it. You will get that moment where it passes from me to Grant. I get a little emotional even thinking about it. Because... You're referring yeah. to the scene, of course, in the pilot where where um, Barry comes to see you, because um, of course Henry Allen's story is sprinkled throughout all of Barry's experience in that pilot. But there's the 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 pivotal moment uh, when when you do get that that scene with with Barry in prison, and uh, and it's spectacular. Yeah, and I promised them that 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 they would get that transference. It would be. Uh, as they would find out in the context of the passing of a blessing from father to son. But literally, I felt it, you know, when, when his hand went up to the glass. <laughs> and I saw that hand, and I put my hand up to his. And then I looked at our two hands together. It's like suddenly I was no longer Henry Allen, and he was no longer Barry. I was John Wesley Shipp, and he was Grant Gustin. And when I looked for my hand into his eyes, it passed from one to the other. You are now Flash. It, you know, it sounds hokey, and you know, I'd like to be more cynical about the experience. I'd like, you know, Aaron Copeland is a composer, they used to say sometimes he'd throw in a discordant note because when he was composing, if you just composed too melodically, they figured you weren't sophisticated. So I'd like to say something really harsh and critical and cynical about it, but there's, there just wasn't a cynical moment. It was, it was, it was quite magical. And it's also, it's also very important to note that this is this is a a very special cast. Um, every you know you see, especially with your experience, and and you've worked with so many ensemble casts before. A lot of the shows that you were on have been ensembles. Uh, Dawson's Creek was an ensemble show. Uh, Sisters, of course, was getting a lot of attention right now yes. uh, in the press. Another ensemble show. You have this really great ability to work within ensembles. And the ensemble for this show is unique. I mean, even just the caliber of actors that all of you are and what's happening, the interplay that's happening week after week. You're watching it and you're seeing a bunch of people that are just loving being in this playground. 
You know, it's that must be also really exciting and gratifying that you're working with some really great people. You know, with the elections having just come and gone, you know, people saying, in order, you better have a big ego in order to be a politician, in order to think that you could be a senator or a president. Now, to a lesser degree, to think that you can be an actor, that you can go on and you can say words, that you can convey an emotion that's going to hopefully speak to potentially millions of people all over the world, you've got to have an ego or you would simply be frozen to the spot. Mm -hmm. Having said that, what makes this ensemble so unique and you've been around the cast, you've yeah, been, you've yeah. seen us all together, is yeah. that Jesse, I keep going back. Jesse Martin said it the best about Grant, and I think it goes all the way across. He said, this show's going to work because that boy, pointing to Grant, his head and his heart are in alignment, and they're in the right place. I would say all of us have healthy egos, but we're not there serving our own individual egos. We're putting whatever talent, whatever we bring, whatever selves we have, and at least so far, everybody seems to be contributing whatever we can into the pot to make the very best show. And in the process, we're really liking each other. You know what I mean? It was very funny. I have to tell you this one story. For one of the first uh, times I, I was around Grant, he was doing the gallery shoot and, and I was shooting the big scene with the lightning, the man in the lightning, Nora's death, and the f set was flying apart. And he was right in the next studio doing the well he came out and i was on a break he wanted to see some of the action in the special effects shots the special effects the tornado the house blowing out the wall lifting up and so he sort of timidly went up i hope he did grant i'm sorry if you, <laughs> but i'm gonna tell it it's too great he i heard him go to i think the second or third ad and say uh, do you think it's okay can i go in and watch a little bit i said um grant this is your show you know, you really don't have to ask if you can go in. You can pretty much inform this very nice young lady here that you will be going into. He laughed so hard, and, you know. So that was that was kind of you know series lead lesson number one. And I know I can say that to him because he's not going to turn into a monster. You know, I mean, he's just not. It's not who he is. I'll have more secrets and surprises with John Wesley Shipp coming up in future episodes of Out Loud and Live. In the meantime, tune into The Flash every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. on The CW. You can also relive the classic Flash. The series is available on iTunes and also on DVD from Warner Home Video. Stay connected. Tune into and subscribe to episodes of Out Loud and Live on iTunes. You can also visit the HQ at thrillseekerhq.com for additional episodes and check out iEditorial for my reviews and pop culture perspective. Out Loud and Live is now also available as a podcast on iTunes. Send us your questions or comments to thrillseekerhq at aol.com. Please hang up and try again. This is JC Alvarez, and you've been listening to Out Loud and Live. This is a Thrillseeker HQ presentation. Get in the HQ. Go to www.thrillseekerhq.com.